Hello there, and welcome to Learn to Pray, where our host, pastor, teacher, author, Taryn Gaddis, talks with us about the importance of prayer, why we pray, what to pray, when to pray, where to pray, and how to pray. In this episode, Pastor Gaddis is speaking with us about how prayer is our battleground. And when we fail to pray, it's like waving the white flag. So lean in and listen closely as he expounds on this very, very important topic of prayer. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Learn to Pray. I'm your host, pastor, teacher, author, Taryn Gaddis. And we're going to continue our journey on what is prayer. This is a series of uh, talks, episodes that are designed to encourage believers to pray rightly by examining what the Bible says about this crucial discipline uh, called prayer. So what makes prayer so important and so vital? Ephesians 6, uh, verse 13 through 18, and I'm reading the uh, message translation. Here's what it says. Be prepared. You're up against far more than you can handle on your own. Take all the help you can get. Every weapon God has issued so that when it's all over, but the shouting, you'll still be on your feet. Truth, righteousness, peace, faith, and salvation are more than words. Learn how to apply them. You'll need them throughout your life. God's word is indispensable. It is an indispensable weapon. In the same way, prayer is essential in the ongoing warfare. Pray hard, pray long, pray for your brothers and sisters and keep your eyes open. Keep each other's spirit up so that no one falls behind or drops out. In this passage, Paul writes about the importance of prayer. The English Standard Version of verse 18, which will be our focus, says, praying at all times. Another translation says, praying always in the spirit with all prayers and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Now, you got to understand what Paul is doing here. He is concluding this passage in Ephesians chapter 6. And he concludes this passage on spiritual warfare by calling God's people to pray. Why? Because prayer is the battle. You see, you're not getting ready for a fight when you pray. You, prayer is the fight. A few years back, I traveled, had the privilege of traveling to the Holy Land and visited the Garden of Gethsemane. And there are olive trees in that garden that go way back to a time before Christ. And when you walk through the garden, you could actually be looking at trees where Jesus uh, touched and where the trees where Jesus kneeled to pray. But if you remember, as he was facing the greatest battle of his life, he said to even his disciples, 
we must stop and we must pray. At one of the most crucial moments of his life, at a, uh, at a crushing moment of his life, Jesus told his disciples, we must stop and we must pray. You see, really and truly, even though Jesus won the battle, and we all know uh, for sin on the cross, he won his battle for the cross on his knees in prayer in this garden called Gethsemane. You see, real the real shocking concern about the war is that we are fighting this war without the most important weapon that we have at our disposal. And again, I say the battlefield is prayer. The, the war is not fought on our feet, but the war is fought on our knees. And that's why if you are a Christian who never prays, or if you're a Christian who rarely prays, or if you're a Christian that weakly prays, and I'm not talking about W-E-E-K-Y-L-Y, I mean W-E-A-K-L-Y, weekly prayer. You have to surrender in your war without even firing a shot when you never pray, rarely pray, or weekly pray. You're literally surrendering in the war without ever even firing a shot. It'll be a great day, I believe, when we learn that Satan does not fear our sermons, that Satan doesn't fear our singing, that he doesn't fear our service, that he doesn't fear our stewardship, but he fears our sincere prayers. If Satan can do only one thing to the church or to this Christian journey of ours, he would keep the church and you and I from praying. Dr. R.A. Torah, uh, one of the greatest Bible teachers uh, that ever lived says, the devil is not afraid of organizations. He's only afraid of God. An organization without prayer is just that, an organ organization without God. And I wanna add to that, this, that Satan is not afraid of our buildings. He's not afraid of our budget. He's not afraid of the bodies that sit in the pews. He's not afraid of our baptism. It is prayer that Satan fights. It is prayer that Satan fears. It is prayer that Satan flees. It is better to have a strong soldier in weak armor than a weak soldier in strong armor. It is the armor that we that Paul is uh, addressing here in Ephesians chapter six. The armor that you and I put on is worthless unless it is energized by the power of prayer. Do you know what the greatest tragedy is about prayer? It's not unanswered prayer. It is unasked prayer. Now, you, you just think about that thought for a moment. The, the, mo the greatest tragedy is about prayer is not unanswered prayer, not unanswered prayer but it is unasked prayer. 
When we pray, the devil cannot keep God from answering. So he tries to keep her from asking one more time. When we pray, the devil, uh, Satan himself, the evil one, the, our enemy, cannot keep God from answering. So he tries to keep us from asking. Now, many of us uh, still may, may not understand why prayer is the battle. But if you will think for just a moment, you'll realize why prayer is the battle. Who is Satan war with? Who is Satan's war with? Is his war with me or is his war with you? No, Satan's war is with God. Revelation 12 tells us about a war that once took place in heaven. It was a war that was fought between Satan and God. And it was God who threw Satan and one third of the host of heaven out of heaven. And it was God that had doomed Satan to an eternal hell. So Satan's war is not primarily with us. It is primarily with God. But Satan knows that he cannot hurt God. He cannot hinder God. He cannot cause God to be helpless. But if you want to hurt somebody and you know you can't get to them, the next thing you try is to harm somebody whom they love and hurt somebody who's close to that person. And that's why Satan takes up the war with us and tries to harm us and tries to hurt us and try to put us in helpless situation, helpless and hopeless situation because he's trying to hurt God in the process. And that's the beautiful thing about prayer. Because when we pray, we take the battle that Satan is bringing to us and we throw it back to where it belongs. And that is in the hands of a loving, wonderful God. David understood this. Uh, David, the man after God's own heart. That's why as a little shepherd boy with a slingshot, he could, he could defeat the largest and strongest man in the world with a little rock. The reason why David was willing to fight the giant and able to defeat the giant was because he understood something that no one else in the nation of Israel understood. He says in 1 Samuel chapter 7, verse 47, Then all the assemblies shall know that the Lord does not save with swords and spears, but the battle is the Lord's. When the nation of Israel was surrounded by the Assyrian and certain defeat looked, uh, looked a guarantee, good king, good king Hezekiah stood up before the people and said in verse seven of that particular passage says, be strong and be brave. Don't be afraid and don't panic because of the king of Assyria and this huge army that is with him. We have with us one who is stronger than those who are with him. He has with him mere human strength but the Lord our God is with us to help us and fight our battles. Another translation says here, he only has a bunch of human mere men. We have God on our side. And the army was encouraged by the words of King Hezekiah. 
God is not interested in your fight for him. He wants to do his fight through you. When you pray and when I pray, when we release the power of God in battle, as Christians, we refuse to pray like soldiers, like a soldier who would go to battle with a pop gun or a cap gun, then he could use when he could be using a cannon. I'm going to say that again. God is not interested in your fighting for him. He wants to do his fighting through you. When you pray, you release the power of God in the battle. A Christian refusing to pray is like a soldier that is going into battle with a cap gun when he could really be using a cannon. And so I just want to just just go one little, one step further. Why 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 pray? Why 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 pray? First of all, we ought to pray because God commands believers to pray. In Luke 18 verse 1, he tells us to pray without giving up. In Luke 21 verse 36, he tells us to watch and pray. In Ephesians chapter 18, which is our verse for the day, he tells us to pray with supplication, watchfulness, and perseverance. Colossians 4 and 2 says we ought to pray earnestly, uh, vigorously, and thankfully. Ver uh, sorry. Uh, we ought to pray earnestly, uh, vigilantly, and thankfully. And then in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 7, he says we ought to pray continuously. 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 7 says we ought to pray seriously and watchfully. And God's people pray. The, the Bible is littered with uh, scenes where God's people pray. Matter of fact, we can start with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In Mark chapter 1 verse 35, the Bible says, And Rising early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went to a desolated place where he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him. And they found him and said to him, everyone is looking for you. Listen to what Jesus says. And he said to them, let us go on to the next town that I might preach there also. Listen to this. For that is why I came out. And he went throughout all of Galilee preaching in their synagogues and casting out demons. Jesus said that the reason he got up very early in the morning while it was still dark and departed from his disciples and found him a desolated, solitary place and prayed was because he had some work to do in, in town. The word pray or the word prayer uh, are used at least 25 times in connection with our Lord's earthly ministry. Jesus continues to intercede for his people even uh, from the throne of God. Hebrews chapter 7 verse 25 says, Consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him, since he who is Jesus, always lives 
to make intercession for them. And we all remember Abraham interceding for Sodom, don't we, in Genesis chapter 18. It says, so the men turned from there and went towards Sodom, but Abraham stood still before the Lord. And Abraham drew near and said, will you indeed sweep away the righteous with the wicked? Suppose there are 50 righteous within the city. Will you sweep away the place and not spare the 50 righteous who, you, who, who are in it? Then he goes, suppose there's 45 found there. Then he says, suppose there's 40 found there. Then suppose there's 30 found there. Then suppose there are 20 found there. Suppose there are 10 found there. And the Lord answered, for the sake of 10, I will not destroy it. Moses prays in, in Exodus 33, and David prays in Psalms 117 and Psalms 86 and 1. Daniel prayed in, in Daniel chapter 6, verse 10. The apostle prayed in Acts chapter 6, verse 4. The church fathers, martyrs, missionary, pastors, theologians, teachers, and all prayed because it is prayer that is the battle. Prayer is God's appointed means for us to attain the things that God would give us. James writes, the half-brother Jesus writes in chapter 4, verse 2, You desire and do not have, so you murder, you covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and call. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passion. God is not obligated to work through human prayers. He does whatever he wants, and it's pure grace that God listens to our request. It is pure grace, unadulterated grace, that God listens to our prayers. He often says no, because there's no magic key to persuading God to give us what we want. God hears and answers prayers according to his will. We find that in 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. Our desire should be that God would grant our request according to, yes, his will and his glory. Our intent in our prayer should not be to change God's mind or to overcome his reluctancy to provide something we want. And then God's grace, God grants peace and grace to help us in our time of need. That's where we find Hebrews chapter four, verse 16. As Christians, we need grace to help us all the time, especially in a time of crisis. Unfortunately, many Christians come before the throne of grace only during those times. And we need to learn to come to him at all times. We can legitimately tell God our request in prayer and God promises to give us what we need but not everything we want when we cast all our cares upon God in prayer as found in first Peter chapter 5 verse 7 we can enjoy the peace that surpasses all understanding prayer promotes sanctification 
and spiritual maturity. Sanctification, spiritual maturity, they're all very important uh, elements in the life of a Christian. We need to understand that through prayer, we are being sanctified. And through prayer, we are, we are maturing spiritually. Prayer empowers us to be able to do the work that God wants us to do. As always, pastor, author, teacher, Taryn Gaddis has blessed us with another wonderful word about prayer. And he told us some very important things. He said the battlefield is prayer. He says that the war is not fought on your feet, it's fought on your knees. That's why if you are a Christian who never prays, or you rarely pray, or you weekly pray, pray, and not weekly, but W-E-E-K-L-Y, he said, but W-E-A-K-L-Y, you have surrendered in your war without even firing a shot. Don't let that be you. Don't allow your prayers to go unheard because you haven't prayed them. Now back to pastor, teacher, author, Taryn Gaddis with some closing remarks and prayer. Let me close with this quote on prayer. Prayer will not root out heresy. It won't uproot misunderstanding. It won't sweep away jealousy and animosity. It, it will not obliterate uh, immortalities, immor immoralities, yeah, immoralities, and bring in the full tide of God's revealing grace. In the hour of dark, darkness, when the case of the church, the local and universal church seems to be on, beyond hope, believing men and believing women have met together and cried to God and the answer has come. We must pray and we need to understand the importance of prayer and today what prayer is. And let me remind you what prayer is. Prayer is the battlefield. The battlefield is prayer. And the war is not fought on our feet. It's fought on our knees. Don't surrender in the war without ever shooting, firing a shot. Let's go to war and let's pray together. Father, we are so grateful for just the privilege that you give us to be able to come to your very throne room. And we're able to call out to you when we are in need. But not only should we call out when we're in need, we ought to call out every day because as you teach us in your, the Lord's prayer or the model prayer, if we are to look to you for our daily bread, we ought to look to you for our daily strength, our daily wisdom, and our daily hope. So 
And Father, we just pray today that you would strengthen us in the area of prayer, that we would be that we'll be able to do what it is that you've called us to do. We thank you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.